You're listening to the Queen of Calm podcast, the podcast for calm girls by a calm girl. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Queen of Calm podcast. I'm your host, Paisley Haddad. So before we get started, I just want to take a moment to thank my listeners, my social media followers, and my guests. Your likes, your listens, and your time for being on the show truly keep us going, and I appreciate all of your support. I also want to give a special shout out to PR Week for allowing me to take part in their PR Decoded conference this past week. It was such a rewarding experience getting to talk with my fellow panelists, as well as Sabrina Sanchez of PR Week, who also wrote a feature story about the Queen of Calm on PR Week's website. So if you'd like to check out the article, you can click the link in the Queen of Calm podcast bio on Instagram. And speaking of Instagram, if you're not following us already, follow us at Queen of Calm podcast and at Queen of Calm pod on Twitter. So for this week's Calm One of the Week, I want to shout out FTX Crypto. So if you know me, you know I'm a big Tom Brady fan, so of course I'm following him on Twitter. And when I saw the notification on Saturday that he was looking to be traded again, I definitely fell into the trap of thinking it's a real trade. But as we found out on Sunday, his company FTX Crypto released a new ad where it was talking about Tom being traded to all these different cities across the U.S. and who was going to get him as a new player when come to find out it was actually a misunderstanding and Tom was actually trading crypto. So I think that was such a timely campaign with all of the new you know crypto developments happening and also Cybersecurity Month this week, this month. So um, hats off to the FTX crypto team for that innovative commercial and campaign. And so that was the calm one of the week. As for this week's episode, the theme is all about knowing your worth. And I know that in PR, you know, we work so hard, we work a lot of long hours, but sometimes it's hard to know, you know, what the correct salary is to ask for when you're first starting a job and how to make your calm wins translate to your business clients. And I know this has been a big debate in the industry for a while that, you know, these calm wins that you have maybe getting featured in, you know, five industry trades or, you know, getting on a big news interview on one of the big news channels that might not be the same um, type of measuring of success that business partners use when you work with a client and trying to make PR measurable in their senses and their experience has been, um, you know, sometimes hard for PR professionals. So this week, my guest will share her expertise as she began an agency right as the pandemic started and she's not stopped since then. She's been thriving ever since. Um, And she's also going to talk about her story of you know, working in PR and going up the ladder and then reaching a point in her career where, um, you know, her position she thought had room to grow, but then the company did not have the resources at the moment. And she knew that she had to find her worth and, you know, it was time for her to move on in her career and start a new opportunity. So she's going to share all about that as well as her tips for college students, recent grads, um, you know, what she looks for in an intern for her intern program and so much more. So be sure to stay tuned for this. You're not going to want to miss it. My next guest is the founder and CEO of Brand Inc. PR, who has had over 13 years of experience in the PR industry. She holds an MBA from Liberty University and is currently a doctoral candidate in their Strategic Media Communications PhD program. Please welcome Brandy Sims to the podcast. Welcome, Brandy. So glad to have you. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. So why don't we start out with how you first got interested in PR? Of course. So I got interested in PR very, very early on. Um, I like to reference this as my example um, because I was huge, huge, huge on MTV, the different shows that they were listing at that time. And this was late 90s, early 2000s. And at that time, they had a show called PR Girls. And I had watched it as a preteen and just thought, man, this is just so crazy. 
You've got these girls running around in New York City for the Lizzie Grubman PR agency, who at that time, of course, was huge, huge, huge and well known because she really reinvigorated what it meant to be a publicist, especially in the entertainment um, field. And I was just in awe. I was in awe of all of the work that they were doing. I was in awe of the craziness that entailed uh, what PR was all about. And I just thought, you know, this is exactly what I want to be when I grow up. Not an astronaut, not a police officer. None of those really sound like a good fit for me. But running around, uh, making the people happy, showcasing their amazing abilities, like that's what I enjoy doing. And, and ultimately, that's how I got my footing in, uh, in PR. That's so funny so, that yes. you mentioned that show because I'm always looking on the internet where I can watch it because I came across it one day on the internet and I'm like, I wish that show was still around and it was still on the air because I think even if they made like a reboot nowadays, it would be so successful just as the first one was. Of course, I agree 100%. Uh, and it's mainly because at, you know, for a while you couldn't really see what PR people were doing. It was just kind of this illustrious field, illustrious career where, you know, you don't really know what they're doing, but they're doing things that's making a difference. They're doing things that has to involve reputation and managing crisis. So with that show, I think it really got a sneak peek behind the scenes of, of what it's like to really work in PR. And for a lot of people, it was one of those things that, oh, wow, it's not really glamorous. It's not really fun. It's actually like a lot of hard work. And you know, it's like, hey, we've been said that we've already, you know, pushed that from the very beginning. But, you know, here is us unveiling that curtain so you can see what it's really like to do this work because it's not easy. We are passionate about it, but it's definitely not easy work by no means. Yeah, definitely. And that's one of my main goals in creating this podcast was because, you know, our job is to tell stories. You know, sometimes it's nice to be able to tell your own story as well. Of course. Agreed. A hundred percent. So speaking more about your journey, so what was your journey like as you were in college and as you progressed into the beginning of your career? Of course, yes. So how I, you know, started um, honing in on my expertise with, with public relations, I started interning initially, um, got an amazing position for um, a nonprofit organization here in Southwest Oklahoma. Um, it was a Philharmonic Orchestra. At the same time, um, I got an internship with a local bank. So I started just kind of learning the basics of PR through those two internship programs that I worked in while I was still a student working on my bachelor's in communications. So I attribute those experience, of course, many, there's many experiences that I attribute to my success, but those were one of the foundational elements that were really important for me because I learned from two ends of the spectrum how to manage PR within that industry, right? So on one end, you have finance and you have more of the business. So you have to develop the professional tone. Um, how are you capturing and engaging your audience from that realm and that perspective? And then on the other end, you had arts and humanities where you have to communicate to them differently. It's not sometimes it's not so professional and very buttoned, uh, buttoned up kind of tone. Um, sometimes it's more quirky. It's more artistic. It's more creative and, and finding catchy and engaging ways to, um, to really tap into that audience. Um, very, very crucial for me um, on the early kind of early days that I had. So continued on with education, eventually graduated finally got my foot into the field and it was very small positions, a lot of internships, a lot of entry level work just to really 
gain that experience that I needed. Um, one thing that I made sure to do in my career is I've always, I, I've loved schooling. I love teaching, <laughs> uh, learning and every aspect of that. So one thing for me is while I was always working, I always had something I was learning at that time, because I do think it's important to always be a sponge at any level that you're at. Eventually, what you learn today is going to be outdated. So that's why I always feel like it's what am I learning today? What am I what book am I picking up? What am I capturing at this moment? That'll be super helpful for me down the line. So while I was doing all of that, getting my education, went on to get my MBA, focus on, um, of course, PR is always going to be my major focus. But here I try to learn a little bit more about business. Whenever you're going for your undergrad, it's kind of the foundational, the basic things. And then when you get into the mastery level, it's like, okay, so you understand the basics. Now we're going to start applying things to practice. So here is where, you know, by this point, you know, I've graduated college, I've gotten married, I've had a family, you know, gone through the process of that. Uh, had my, well, my husband was military. So going through that experience and adjusting and adapting to the military lifestyle, um, all the while I'm getting my MBA, trying to continue getting that experience and everything like that. Um, and, and I ended up getting a job working for a celebrity PR agency on the East coast. So here I feel like this was kind of one of those kind of uh, pivotal moments because that's where I understood and got an opportunity to experience that higher level, more national focus PR, as opposed to more of the local and state. So with that, I was able to work with sports figures. I was able to work with uh, public figures, some government sectors in there. Um, and again, just honing in on that experience, applying what I was learning at the same time and actually doing it. Um, and that was super, super key to that. Um, but overall, all of these experiences, I look back in this 13 years, contributed something. At the time, it may not have been fun. <laughs> of course, it never is, right? But it's one of those um, opportunities that you have. And I say that very, you know, uh, emphasized opportunities because, you know, you have to be able to uh, apply what you're learning with experience. You have to have that. And whatever opportunity that I had, whether it was um, a non-paid internship or it was entry-level work, you know, busting my behind, I took every opportunity that I could because I really was so passionate about this field and passionate about my career in it that I was not willing to let my dream just fade out and die. I was going to do whatever it took to learn as much as I could but apply that and help those people that needed my expertise and could value my expertise. So few years after that, you know, working for the agency, of course, kind of, kind of as I mentioned before, military spouse, so you know what that means, we're moving. <laughs> so at this time, you know, I'd been working there for a little while and, and we got the notice that my husband was getting medically retired. So we decided to move back to where we were familiar in Oklahoma. And this is where I got an, a job working for uh, a local chamber of commerce and started working their communications. Well, I worked, of course, high pace working at an agency. And anybody that can tell you that's worked agency, 
it, it's a crazy world. It's different. It's different. And I'm saying that kind of in Southern terms. It, honey, it's different. Um, but it's very much, you know, very fast paced. And, you know, you never know what to expect. And it's definitely not your nine to five type of gig. But then again, it's PR really. And in agency world, it doesn't exist. So coming from that very high level, high work to kind of slowing it on down, going back to more of the local slower pace, if you will, you know, was really an opportunity for me to shine. So I came from this high level and I was able to apply a lot of the things that I was doing on the strategic standpoint to a more local scale, which ended up with successful results that they had never seen. One of which was the organization actually getting five-star accreditation and it was based upon my communications plan. So a lot of, lot of really great work that was put into it to get the organization up to where it needed to be. And that came from the skill set I was able to learn and develop, right? So while I was working there, you know, they were able to see the great results that I was able to achieve for them. You know, I was um, promoted to a, a position that had never existed, loved my work so much. I became the vice president of communications, enjoyed it, loved it, loved working with all of our clientele and all of that. Well, while I was working in that position, I learned that I was being undercompensated. So that's kind of where, for me, I learned about gender wage gap. So as I was working and I was learning more, I was finding out that, you know, I was being undervalued and I was being severely undercompensated for the work that I was producing for them. So I had to make the decision, you know, if I wanted to continue this, either I stay and continue to be underpaid, I command what I should be getting, but you know, that's a 50-50 shot. Either they're going to or they're not. In this case, they didn't. And then my third option, which is, I could just branch off and do my own thing. And that's kind of where I'm at today. I ended up in the middle of the pandemic of last year, you know, and it's such a crazy thing, right? Um, starting a business in the middle of a pandemic, but ended up starting branding PR in the midst of a pandemic and leaving that corporate level, executive level position out of pure passion for the field and, and um, experience. And from that point, I have not looked back. Within the first month, I had five clients on my roster and they range from local, state and national um, public figures. And they range from in our local area to New York, California. I was able to obtain very quickly high caliber clients um, that honestly sought me out because of what I could do. And I say all of that to say, you know, it's, it's not, a, it's, it's hard to com, uh, compress 13 years in such a short amount of time, but I say all that to say, you know, it may be difficult and it may seem like, you know what, maybe I just need to suck it up and maybe I just need to deal with it and just, you know, and just see what happens with it. Or sometimes you just need to take that leap of faith. And I feel so, so blessed and fortunate that that itch that I had, that drive, that passion that I had with, was so overwhelming and so much that it gave me that leap of faith to just go for what it is I wanted. And I wanted my own agency, just didn't have the confidence to do it. But after years and years of doing it, years and years of 
you're doing a fantastic job. Look at the results. Give yourself a pat on the back. I had to refer back to those things to be able to confidently say, no, I've got this. You know, I'm in the position that I need to be right now. And I'm doing whatever it is that it takes to be successful in it. And, but ultimately I have those tools to make that happen. So, um, but yeah, and that's kind of in a nutshell, just what my career trajectory has been like and where we're at now. Well, that sounds like such a rewarding journey. And there's a few points that I want to get back to in your, within your journey. But just to start out, um, my last guest, Shauna Knuckles, um, she wrote an article for PR News talking about the disparities that women face in you know, PR that are not really talked about, whether it's you know, gender or leadership. So I really like that you mentioned you know, your story of getting undercompensated in your corporate job and then starting your own agency. So you know, what do you think that young professionals should know about you know, compensation for their work in PR? I think what they should know um, is definitely research. Research, what does your role um, pay? You know, what are some average numbers, ballpark, what you should be getting, right? And then coupling that experience that you do have with that. Also, I think it's super, super important to ask questions and not necessarily the word I'm thinking of is not necessarily challenge, but I do think it's important to ask questions and to command more, right? Especially if you can um, show the work that you've done, show the results. I think it's so important that you have to, you have to speak up because at the end of the day, you know, you are on your, in your own corner. I did not rely on other people to support or to raise their hand and say, oh, she, yeah, she did a great job. Absolutely not. Because honestly, at the end of the day, you know, you might not be in those meetings. You may not be in those conversations. So you don't really know what is being said. You can hope for, of course, that, oh, well, somebody will be in there vouching for me. But sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes you have to be in your, your own cheerleader and the one in your corner and saying, no, I think that I deserve this because this is the results and what I've been able to produce. And I can do X, Y, Z more, you know, with better compensation and pay there. So I definitely think those would be my key tips uh, for those graduates or those that are getting the field, getting that, or just at least have some experience, definitely do your research, find out how much that position is paying for, and also start commanding it, you know, asking for what you're, you're wanting um, in your compensation, because um, I forget what this exact statistic was, but it was, I would say roughly 60 to 70% of women don't ask simply because they don't want to come across as aggressive or come across that they are um, are needy in that position or whatever the case may be. And I think that's sad. I think it's sad, but it does speak to how much more education that we need um, as professionals in our field, whether it is women or just young professionals in general, you know, how much more education what we need as far as, um, what are the ins and outs? What do you need to say? Speaking in confidence so that you know, like, this is what I want. If I'm passionate about this, this is what I need to go for. But the fact that we're not even asking, that's part of our problem. We have to be able to ask. And kind of like in my situation, I asked and it, they said, well, no. And I said, well, it's been great. Have a wonderful day. And I left, you know, and it was that it was nothing to me, but I prepared myself mentally for either of those options. 
Um, and it was because I had spent some time just even working on my presentation. How was I going to sell myself or pitch myself why I believe I deserved it? And, you know, it was, it was something that, you know, you battle with things like imposter syndrome, you battle with that lack of confidence. And those are the things that every day you should be working on. If it's something that is a weakness for you, speaking that positivity into yourself, I think is super, super important so that when you do get to that point and you're ready, you're like, Hey, so let's talk raise. Yeah, let's do this. And you feel completely comfortable in it and not feeling like, Oh, well, maybe I shouldn't ask. Or maybe I need to do just X, Y, Z more things and then I'll be deserving of a raise. Absolutely not. Stop psyching yourself out. You are absolutely more than deserving of it. You just have to simply make that first step and make that connection there. Definitely. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that research and education factor, you know, before you go into a job, because I recently started my first agency position and throughout the interview experience, you know, I had all my research about the company and about my experience is ready and I can answer any question. But then when they ask, you know, what are you, what are you looking for in a salary? I had no clue how to answer that question. So I think that is something that, you know, my generation needs to look into before, you know, getting into these new jobs now as we enter the job market. Absolutely. And there's so much that's changing now um, that I, I've seen. And, you know, I make it a point to educate at least my interns, um, those that work under me, uh, the the things that they need to be looking out for. So for example, if you have a position that comes up, oh yeah, we want a PR person, but then they start tying in different roles into that one position. I think of those as red flags because one, you know, you're saying that you want PR, but then you want a website designer. That's not PR. That is a whole separate category. And it's honestly not even in PR, it's in marketing. (laughs) (laughs) Social media, that one, I feel like, Social media, I I look at it more under PR than I do marketing because it very much works on word of mouth. It's just digital word of mouth, right? Um, So that one, I mean, I I think that could get a pass. But, you know, traditional roles that are in different categories that they try to couple into a PR position, those are red flags because now you've got someone that's trying to combine, combine six or seven roles into one, and then usually the pay isn't great. Don't know you want experience. There are plenty of opportunities out there that are much more valuable than you um, running ragged and doing seven people's jobs in one. That's not okay. So those are definitely some of those red flags that I'm like, uh -uh, don't do that. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Those are some great um, tips you just shared about that, because I feel like a lot of people, you know, want to impress the people they're going out for a job or an internship for. And they say like, oh, yeah, I can do this. I can do that. But like you said, it, maybe it's not good to partner those all together if they're not under the job description, especially with, you know, the compensation for it. For sure. For sure. Um, and yeah, it's so super important that you, you take a look at that. And that again, goes back to the research, look up the position, look up the company. You know, we're always talking about reputation and PR, but we never think of that when we're applying for jobs. Like, look at their reputation, look at their reviews. How do they treat their employees? Glassdoor is an amazing, amazing tool where you can look up things like that and just get a better feel for who this person is and how you can best, quote unquote, target them or engage them, right? Or simply say, "Uh, this might not be a good one for me because look at, you know, some of the reviews they've gotten from past employees. It seems like it's going to be a nightmare of a position and nine times out of 10, if they're saying it and it's multiple people saying it, that 
there's a possibility that you're, you know, reaching the unfortunate uh, chartered territories of terrible boss or <laughs> hostile working environment and nobody else time for that. Definitely. Well, I kind of want to go back to your story of getting your MBA. Um, and so something that I've talked about in a past episode as well with a business student is, you know, PR and business kind of really go hand in hand. And something that we talk about a lot in the industry is how maybe to these business professionals who have never worked in PR, PR is hard to measure in that kind of sense of, you know, if you get coverage for your client in these, you know, few publications, they might not find that as impressive as maybe a few numbers or anything. Um, so how do you navigate, you know, your own business and having that business experience? How do you bring that into your PR life? That's a really great question. So I believe how I tie in the two, the business side into the PR side, is the overall process um, and how planning goes into business. Um, there are many really important key tips that you can get from the business side that you can actually apply to the PR side. For one, it's the research aspect. I know we talked about research previously, but I emphasize research because research is a huge part of strategic planning. You've got to know what you're working with. Uh, what are the data analytics? What are the behavioral insights that you can use? And how can you tie that information that you've collected into your plan? Same thing goes for your business. You know, if you're starting a business, you know, what industry are you starting with to, to begin with? Okay, great. You know what business or industry you want to be in. Okay, let's find out like who is that audience? Who is that consumer? What are the things they like? What are places that they would be going that would be of interest to them that you could be tapping into? That's all a part of that process. And that's also a part of kind of what we would do in PR as well. Who is our consumer? Who is our audience? And building that profile there. Um, a lot of that same language is used in business and applies very much to PR too. So having an MBA, it was very, very helpful in providing those foundational elements to how to successfully start and run a business. Because, you know, you it, starting is easy. It's maintaining and, and keeping it going is the hard part. So you have to, you know, again, going back to that planning process, being able to outline and measure uh, what it is that you are doing, how, it's, how it is working, that can apply to your business as well as how you're working with your clients especially when you're, you need to report the measurables. They want to see, okay, how well is this working? How well is this doing? You know, same thing applies to your actual business. How well is this working? Is this tool, this software that I'm using, is this working? Is the resources that I'm using, is this beneficial to producing the work at the rate that I'm producing at? Those are all key things that you want to look at um, that very much tie in to the PR field. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely will say having an MBA getting started um, gave me kind of a, an edge up <laughs> with the competition because I understood it from a different perspective um, from that business side. But with even that being said, you know, from the PR, I was able to develop those relationships fairly quickly of, okay, so if I'm in, the, in this industry now, who and where are the places I need to be engaging? And let's do that. Let's implement and then, of course, go through the measurement and evaluation process. Did that work? What kind of response did I get? Is this something we'll try again? Or is this something we'll just kind of, that was fun. We're not going to um, 
<laughs> collect it, go. <laughs> we'll try something different, you know? So yeah, yeah. You definitely shared a lot of great points on that front. And so speaking of starting your business, you know, you mentioned you started Brand Inc., you know, during the pandemic. So what was that experience like and how has it been, you know, since maybe, you know, we're coming up on two years almost. Um, how has that been? It has been such a ride and it's been amazing, amazing. Um, there, of course, has been hard times, you know, with any startup, small business, you know, you're going to have those days. Well, man, if if I don't get a client soon, we're going to be packing up or, you know, oh man, this lady is crazy. They're wanting X, Y, Z. And this is not what we outlined um, in our expectations. You know, how do I manage a deal? So um, definitely, I would say for me, it's been beneficial being a part of so many different PR networks uh, where I could engage with other uh, publicists, strategic communications consultants, PR consultants, and others that are just, you know, navigating their agency and their small business. Um, it, it's been very beneficial for me to be able to tap into those networks and ask questions. And is this normal? Is this something that we do? Or is this, um, is this the best approach to deal with this type of client? And I kid you not, I've had conversations everywhere from you know, what do you think of this headline is, I mean, is it interesting? Is it catchy enough to, how do I deal with somebody not paying me? You know, it's been three months and they said that it's coming. It's been three months. I don't think it's coming at all. What do I do? So being able to do that has, has definitely, um, kept me afloat and kept me sane. Um, because, you know, you, you, you don't want to do these things alone. And it's oftentimes when you have a small business, it can feel like, you're just on a lonely island, just trying to, to build your boat to get back on the mainland or whatever the case may be. And it's, it shouldn't be that way. There's so many awesome resources and so many awesome networks that you just need to tap into. And, and it's kind of like the saying, you know, you, you want to align yourself with like-minded folks. Um, so I definitely think that helped me throughout the years, but coming up on my second year, it's been, it's, it's been a ride again. Um, I still pinch myself um, when I come to work and do my thing that, oh my gosh, I'm really living my dream and, and owning, not only owning my agency, but having a successful agency here, being able to help clients that are seeking me out, not me, please begging, can you work with me? But just people that have seen the work that I've done and reaching out, having questions or even um, wanting to bring me on to different projects and things like that. It's been, I mean, I can't even tell you how, to, how amazing it is to just wake up and have that type of support and have that type of system um, where I can do that. Um, it has been a complete turnaround in my life to be able to now have my own business, make my own income, not having to rely on anybody else to equate my value, my worth, um, being able to be as passionate as I was when I first got started and learning about PR and, and really ultimately being able to have a very, very healthy work-life balance where it's not a um, mom's probably not going to be by until what, what's today, Thursday. Okay. So I'll see you guys Sunday. Bye. <laughs> you know, it's not like that anymore. It's a healthy balance where I get in I do my job, but then I can go home and I can be present. Um, I can't tell you how amazing that feels and, and just rewarding that is just in and of itself. 
Well, that sounds like such an amazing experience you've had so far in starting your own business. And I really like how you mentioned that work-life balance, because I think that's a topic that just going to keep coming up in our industry because of, you know, all the repercussions of the pandemic and how our industry's changed. Um, and so, you know, how have you been handling, you know, having interns now? I've seen on your Instagram that you have a few interns and, you know, running that kind of day-to-day -day operations during this kind of like work from home virtual world that we have going on in PR. Of course. So how I've just been able to navigate it is building out, of course, my plan. How did I want my internship program to be? How did I want my employee interactions to be? Well, I knew what it, I didn't want it to be. And it was, in some cases, things that I had experienced, like, you know, having to work from nine to whenever I say that you can go or making me feel bad when I was sick. So I worked, you know, with sniffles and gross, you know, looking terrible, but still in there, you know, <laughs> to show that I was serious about PR and I was serious about my job. So how I did that is I, I looked at all of those experiences and I honed in on what it is that I wanted to achieve. Right. And then I put, put down an outline. What is it that I want, for example, my interns, what I want, what do I want them to learn in their experience? What do I want them to, to take home with them? And my first thing was, oh man, I've got to teach them, you know, pitching. That's super important. You know, I feel like it's your toolkit. It's, or part of your PR toolkit is you got to know how to pitch. The second thing is knowing how to write, you know, people, I, I always find it fascinating when I meet professionals that say that they hate writing, but they're in PR. And I'm like, you do know PR, we're very much journalists. I look at us as writers, as journalists, because ultimately that is what we do. We're writing stories. We're doing speech writing. I mean, I don't know how many speeches you've done, but I've done plenty with VPs and presidents and, you know, to see them go on stage and, and um, basically say what I wrote is just like, you know, it's like that heartwarming feeling. It's like, oh my gosh, like this is so cool. Like, look at this. They're, but, you know, learning those key skills that, you know, it applies to everything, um, I think was the, the main thing for me in planning out how it is and what it is that I wanted to achieve through my internship program. So pitching, being able to write, um, being able to research how to properly plan for things. These are all of those aspects, these things that we do on a daily basis. And it takes away from, you know, the classic view of what an intern was, which is the running around Manhattan with coffee or like Diddy, you know, got to run in uh, over the bridge for, you know, I think it was an apple pie, it was something crazy. But, you know, in the middle of the night, you know, because he said he wanted apple pie. It's not that anymore. And I'm glad that it's not. Um, and, and, you know, I grew up around that time where it was very normal to do those things. But now I feel like we've evolved from that. And we can get back to really the root of what an internship is about. It's really education. So I assign, <laughs> make little assignments for my students. Um, I make them practice with their pitches. I make them practice with their writing, um, talking to people, engaging people, whether it's um, like pitching on by phone and things like that. Like all of these different things I think are super, super important. And I make it a point for them to actually practice it and not be under the pressure of I'm doing this because 
you know, if I don't do this, then the agency is going to fail. No, no, I have people for that. That's why I hire employees. You're just here to learn what it is that you want to learn and honestly figure out if this is the career field that you want, because it's possible that you intern and you, you know, work in or work in public relations for a little bit and realize maybe this isn't the good fit for me, especially for those that say that they don't like writing. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like I write every day. I write even when I don't want to write. Like it's, it's just my life now, and you know, and, but it's just what it is. But I think that's so important that you know, interns should be exposed to. Okay, is this something that I want to do? And be exposed to what it is that what it will take for them to be successful in this. You've got to know how to do these things. So I'm going to make you practice. I'm going to make you practice and work on that. So you feel more confident when you leave here that if I do go and apply for this job, I have a way better shot because at least I know what they're looking for. Yeah, they say they want three to five years, but you know what? They want somebody that knows how to pitch. They don't want somebody that knows how to secure media. That's what PR people are about. They want somebody that's innovative and creative, can make catchy phrases, catchy terms, tie in events that will leverage or enhance a brand's um, reputation. Those are the things that they're looking for. And I feel like we equip our interns to be able to do that. Um, and one, I'd love to share this too. We actually had one of our interns because we just started this internship program January of this year. So this will be going on our first full year of having the internship program. Well, one of our interns um, that graduated back in May, she actually applied for a position at Fleischman Hiller and she is actually now working for them. And she credits our internship program as being that stepping stone for her because of the skills and the things that she was learning to her being able to get the position because they looked at it and that's what they were asking for. They were asking, have you pitched? Have you done these things? Have you practiced or, or been exposed to this? And she could check, yeah, I got to do this pitch assignment. I got to practice contacting this media, building our market research. Have you done that? Absolutely. We had to research this. So um, looking back at those, those, those moments, I mean, it just, again, warms my heart because it's like, okay, something is working here. It's not just about, you know, the running around with coffee and doing the lame admin work, but really getting an opportunity and that, I'm going to keep on saying that the opportunity to actually learn is, is just invaluable. And so that, that just is one that, I mean, I was so, so excited for her and we're just so happy for her to be able to achieve that. But having that experience definitely made a big difference. Well, that's so awesome to hear about your former intern. That's so cool that you can see the results of, you know, your work working with these interns and yeah, that, that learning factor of an internship is so important and, you know, building up your, you know, portfolio and everything. So a big chunk of my listeners are in college or they're recent graduates. So what is your best piece of advice for that age group that are just entering the industry or studying PR currently? I would definitely say best advice is to not only do your research, but to seek out those opportunities, seek out those opportunities where you can just simply learn. You know, you obviously know what to look for, what not to look for, right? You know, when an internship is, okay, this is a little too good to be true, or they're asking for a lot and they're asked, and this should be an internship. You know, you, you know how to catch those red flags, but really take an opportunity um, to learn under someone that has done this for years and years and years, that has the expertise, the experience, 
that's willing to invest in you. And I would look at it more so from, from a position of mentorship than I would look at it in, a, um, in an actual like position, a work position. Because I feel like with mentorship, internships, when you separate the work aspect of it, that's where you really and truly get that experience that you need. When it's a job, it's, well, I have to do the job. Otherwise, if I fail, then I get fired. That's, you know, that's the circle. That's the process. When you take away all of the, the aspects of deadline, timeline, um, the expectation, if you perform at this level, then, you know, then we'll determine whether or not you can continue on or whatever the case may be. When you take those things out, you can focus on what it is that you're here to focus on. And that is learning. Because as a student, you don't have any experience. That's just be, that's just the fact. That's what it is. You don't have the experience and you need the experience. So take on an internship, take on those opportunities where you can just simply do what it is that you're there for while you're a student. And that is to learn, learn as much as you can, you know, take whatever it is that you can from it and use that to your advantage where you can grow from it. And, and it could be, you know, just like I said earlier with my first internships, working for a Philharmonic Orchestra, a local Philharmonic Orchestra, it could be interning for one of those places, a nonprofit organization. It could be uh, interning with a bank or whatever the case may be, but getting that your foot in the door starts with getting that experience. And it's one of those things that I see so often that it's so disappointing, but uh, you know, I get it. I get it. It's disappointing to see it when interns miss out on opportunities to learn because they're so focused on the dollar. I was an intern and both of my internships were not paid. I worked a job and I was a student. It was awful, 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 awful. But on the flip side, I had in, um, mentors that were very flexible with me. It wasn't the what I've, I've started to see now where you've got interns working nine to fives, which is like craziness. It's craziness. So I'm like, when do you have time to go to school? You're still a student, you know, and that's a red flag place. But, you know, seeing things like that, I feel like is, is really disappointing because it takes away from what take, takes away from what it is designed to be. You have to learn, you have to get those experiences. So um, yeah, that would ultimately be what I would suggest um, for those that are coming in, take those opportunities, of course, do your research, know the red flags, but take those opportunities and just do what you need to do there. And that is to learn because at the end of the day, that three months that you spend, that's still something that you can add to your resume that, did I do this? Yeah, I did. I pitched for media here and I can give you writing samples because of what I was doing. Like, All of these things, they all have a purpose and a meaning for it. And it's honestly your leverage to command once you do graduate or, you know, decide what it is that you want to do. Now you can actually go and say with confidence, hey, um, you're asking for this for this particular position. Well, I want this. And it's because I've done a year's worth of internships at this place, at this business, at this organization. It's nonprofit. It's this different area. And now you have the leg up from the competition, which would be the other student that said, oh, well, I'm, if they're not paying, I'm not doing it. Or if they're not, <laughs> if I'm not um, doing X, Y, Z type of work, then I'm not going to do it, you know? So 
it's definitely something to consider, but definitely take those opportunities that are of value and are consistent with what it is that you're looking for um, and make the most of those ones and just go for it. Yeah, thank you so much for that advice. Um, you know, for the college students who are listening, these internship, you know, experiences are so important to refine your interests because, you know, PR, as we know, is everywhere in every industry. And I think it's kind of overwhelming at first to think about what avenue you want to take in PR. But, um, you know, internships is such a great way to get that experience and refine those interests. But I have one final question for you. And the Queen of Calm podcast is all about women's empowerment. And as much as I love sharing the stories of my guests of these, you know, wonderful women in PR, I also love to celebrate other women who are not on the episodes who are doing amazing things. So who is a woman or girl boss that inspires you? Well, that's a good one. Oh man. Off the top of my head. Oh, I mean, I've got quite a few, honestly, but off the top of my head. I always reference this quote and it's, it's, it's one from Margaret Thatcher, right? And, and don't leave me just yet. I've got something with this and I've got her quote and it says anything. Um, if, if you want something said, ask a man, if you want something done, ask a woman. And that's always stuck with me. And she's had, you know, she had a lot of issues, but in her position and just learning more about Margaret Thatcher and what she was able to accomplish and do in Britain, I, I thought it was so groundbreaking and so innovative. Um, no, she wasn't a business owner, but she was a politician. She was a public figure. Um, and she was a woman in an environment where it was male dominated. And a lot of what she's going or went through during that time, we face even now. And when I think of that quote, I always reference back to it because Oftentimes I'm put in positions where I'm the only woman. I'm the only minority in this space. And I have to kind of remind myself, you know, I'm more than deserving to be in this space. I'm overqualified to be in this space. And I'm going to give it to them exactly the same way that I would with anyone else, you know, and, and being confident in that. But I love that quote so much. It's something like, again, I reference often. Um, I think she's a phenomenal uh public figure that I, I definitely um, admire in some ways, not in all, because there are some, you know, faulty things that she did, but, and overall, just what, what her role meant for women and, and being innovative in that position and taking that type of stand uh, where we really weren't in a position or really existed in that space. I often gravitate to women leaders that, you know, were able to do things like that. Michelle Obama is another one that I absolutely, absolutely love because she was able to do kind of similar things in being so innovative in her position, being the first African-American woman as a first lady and the most educated one. And finding those things like that, it just, those are the types of things I look for um, and are very, very inspired by. So I'm, I'm sorry, I've got several, I've got several, but that's the first one that came to mind. And then Michelle and, oh man, um, yeah, there's just, and then of course, Ruth, Ruth Bader. I mean, there, I've got so many, I even have a Ruth Bader <laughs> picture, a character picture, you know, um, on my wall, just to remind me of, you know, again, just her position and just continuing in that message of, you know, pushing forward, 
amidst adversity, pushing forward with confidence that you have every school, every skill, every tool that you need to get it done. So just do it, go get it done, but you're a rock star and you've got this. Thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah, it's always great to have a lot of inspirations because there's so many great people to be inspired by out there, especially, you know, these amazing women that you mentioned and, you know, the others have mentioned in past episodes. So thank you for sharing that. And thank you so much for your time today for being on the show. You shared such great tips and I loved hearing about your story. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I had a phenomenal time and yes, if, if anyone has any questions outside of this, um, I'd be more than happy to to share or share some insight, share some tips, whatever, or just simply talk. I definitely believe that having a solid tribe is so important as you're navigating your career, whether it be in PR communications or just simply, you know, navigating, you know, it's so important that you have a good tribe like this. And, and I love this, um, this show so much for being able to inspire and empower women in that way. Um, I think it's, it's so needed. It's so, so needed. Thanks for listening. Did you enjoy this episode? Head to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Want to drop us a line? Click the link in our Instagram bio to leave us a voicemail. And who knows, it might even end up on the show. See you next week for more tips and tricks of the trade.